0: Hi, everyone. Matt here, producer for the Brummy Mummies podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'd just like to let you know that we recently won an award. Yes, Brummy Mummies won Best Local Community Podcast at this year's Publisher Podcast Awards. And I just wanted to say a massive congratulations to our host, Zoe Chamberlain, who puts a ton of work into this podcast and all things Brummy Mummies. And also a huge thank you to you, our listeners. Now, on with this week's episode.
1: We all love holidays, but let's face it, when you have kids, it becomes a whole load more complicated. So if the thought of a long drive, train journey or flight is putting you off the idea of travelling with your kids, I encourage you to rethink how you plan your break. Today's episode is a bit different to normal because I'm chatting to our lovely producer, Matt Millard, about an epic adventure I took my kids on in spring. We went on an American road trip visiting nine states in a huge 30-foot Cruise America RV, all in just two weeks. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. My goal is to share with you inspiring stories about juggling family life and everything that comes with it. A -a once-in-a-lifetime trip like this is on a lot of people's bucket lists. But if you've ever felt it's just too out of reach or impractical... Listen on for tips on planning, budgeting and keeping everyone happy on the road. So hi Zoe. Hi Matt.
0: Doing things the other way around for for once.
1: Yes I'm excited to be uh, chatting to you today. It's nice to have you from behind the scenes.
0: Right let's jump straight into it then. So you are obviously a keen keen traveller with your kids. You know travelling with your kids can be extremely daunting I imagine. What what makes all of that hassle worthwhile and and how can you make it easier for both yourselves as parents and also easier for the kids as well?
1: Yeah, you're so right, Matt. I mean, travelling with kids can be extremely daunting, especially post-pandemic, I think. There's a lot more to factor in when you're responsible for getting your little people in and out of new places rather than just yourself. But taking kids travelling gives you that chance to see the world through their eyes and there's something so magical about that. And it doesn't really matter where you go, it's all about that concentrated family time, exploring somewhere new, even if it's only an hour or so from home. Travelling with the kids opens their minds to adventure and I think it really teaches them great life skills, but it also helps you to see the world afresh too.
0: So you've recently been on an incredible uh, road trip across, across America. So firstly, how did you come up with the idea for a road trip like this?
1: It all started off as a lockdown project, would you believe? Um, I set the kids up on Google Maps. And I asked them to devise an American road trip, visiting as many sites as possible in a two-week period. Amazing. So as kids do, they came up with nine states, which worked out to about 3,600 miles. So it was going to take in Arizona deserts, Wyoming mountains, Utah canyons, uh, California beaches, national monuments in South Dakota, and a a crazy amount of wildlife in Yellowstone National Park wow. and it was such a bold scheme um, when I saw it but I thought you know what we can do this I really thought we could actually achieve it so I talked to the people at Cruise America who um, rent out great big RVs that's recreational vehicles yep. and the motorhome experts who are really good at working out how to navigate trips around America taking in like issues such as snowfall closing the roads and that kind of thing and um Together we came up with a a really good route as to how we would get around all of those um, those different places in such a short space of time. And the one thing that we found that was because it was going to be we were going to go from different extremes, so like forty degree heat in LA up to minus ten in Yellowstone. Um, It was going to be cold in lots of places in April when we went, so a lot of the campgrounds would be closed. So we decided to boondock. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, Matt.
0: (laughs) not heard of this saying. What is that, wild camping kind of thing? Wild camping,
1: Yeah. yeah. Camping off the beaten track in overnight spots we'd just find along the way. It was something we've never done before, not even in the UK. Wow. But do you know what? I would wholeheartedly recommend it, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat.
0: Don't get me wrong. I love a nice hotel and 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 the comforts of a hotel, but you can't beat that the sense of adventure and experience of uh, of you know the journey is is just as important as the destination kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I have to say that getting the kids to plan the trip it was actually just part of the homeschooling project, just to mm-hmm. keep them busy while I was working. But we realised that we'd played a bit of a blinder doing that because they were so invested in exploring all the areas that we were going to because they were the ones that had chosen where we were going to. Um, And that all added to the experience. They already knew a bit about the places we were going to visit and it kept them really engaged and really interested. Um, And they've since planned another road trip around Scotland, which we're going to do in the car. Amazing.
0: So it's a great kind of learning experience for them as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think you could really, you know, you can start small by getting your kids to help you plan day trips around the Midlands or a holiday to the coast. It doesn't really matter where it is. Kids just, they love Google Maps and they love researching cool places. And I think it's something you can do with younger children too. Like ask them what they'd like to see on holiday. Maybe it's a pirate ship or a princess's castle. And then you can look online together and see if you can find those kind of attractions that you might be able to visit and and then I think for the journey as well with young kids you can make them um, like scavenger um, hunt lists so they can check them off en route so like on the way you know they'll have a list to see have you spotted a church or a post box or a bird of prey or one of those brown attraction signs and then that keeps everyone really amused during the journey um, and also decide together where you're going to have your stop offs, you know, find a really fun place to have a picnic like a forest or a play area so that they've got that to look forward to as well.
0: So you've kind of touched on this briefly already, but whereabouts did you go on this road trip?
1: So we flew into uh, Los Angeles in California, and we spent a couple of days on Venice and Huntington Beach, um, which was just fantastic. Really eclectic, quirky places. Then we went on our way to um, Joshua Tree, and we got there for sunset. So that's the place that's famous for the. Uh, it's on the U two album cover.
0: Yeah, uh, it's yep. that
1: place where there's all the eerie trees in the desert. And we got up at sunrise there. We we camped overnight. We got up at sunrise and just saw it all at sunrise as the sun came up, which was just spectacular. Then we crossed the border into Arizona and onto Route 66. And now my kids love uh, the Disney Pixar film cars. So we went to a place called Seligman. I've mm-hmm. never heard of it in my life. It was somewhere that the kids found online. We just literally said, I wonder if there is an actual place that inspired that film. And then, oh yeah, it was actually doable for us to visit it. So we went and it's such a quirky place. I mean, there's lots of little towns like this. they ghost towns that beca- they were thriving and they became ghost towns when the interstate came in. Yeah. Um, yep. And it's this place is full of colourful cars. There's a car and bike museum, motel signs, murals. It was brilliant. Brilliant. And then <laughs> from there, we unwittingly t- took on the sidewinder. Now it's that's actually it's a famous thing, it turns out. It's 191 turns in eight miles along a mountainside with no guardrail.
0: Sounds amazing. I didn't
1: realise until we'd actually completed it. <laughs> <laughs> so fair play to my husband for managing to do that yeah, in for a thirty foot RV. Yeah. yeah that very was quite impressive. Quite impressive, yes. but I mean being on the road is great because you can make so many unexpected stop-offs so we wanted to go for a picnic and we spotted a national park so we said Mm -hmm. oh let's just go there it turned out to be this place called Sunset Crater which is lava fields where you can actually walk on the hardened lava it was incredible we had a picnic on hardened lava I mean how many kids get to say they've done that Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And then we carried on tra- traveling. The landscape just changes constantly. So we went from lush forest into canyon land. And then that's where you, you see the rocks. They're layered in different colors pinks and greens, oranges. It looks like, you know, those rainbow sand jars you see it, you get at the beach, like coastal yep. tones. Yep. It just looks like that. Um, we took selfies at Horseshoe Bend, which is a really famous 1,000-foot-deep um, U-bend plateau in the Colorado River. And then we went to Lower Antelope Canyon, which, if anyone's seen that Microsoft um, screensaver image where it's all bright colours mm-hmm. in a cave, that's that place. And those pictures are real. It's, uh, it's incredible. You go underground, and the way that the wind and the floods have carved out the canyon, the sun glints down on it, and it just creates vibrant pinks and oranges and it's amazing um, sounds incredible it's an absolute kaleidoscope of colors and shapes um we went to we went to utah saw so monument valley and we slept in the red mountains of moab then we ended up in cowboy country where there were large stretches of flat grazing plains and horses and you know those ranches with like cattle horns over the yep, gateway
0: yep,
1: yep. <laughs> uh, we Barbecued at um, Flaming Gorge Reservoir, which is 91 miles long, and it's this beautiful crystal clear water. And we watched scores of um, osprey, which are like they look like prehistoric creatures, they've got a six foot wingspan yep. and just diving into the water. That was incredible. Uh, but then, then came like the real the real highlights of our trip because we went into the wilderness. We went to the Grand Teton Mountains and then on into Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. Incredible! And here we saw moose. Uh, we had a herd of sixty bison crossing the road in front of us. <laughs> they weigh a ton each, and apparently they can run really fast. <laughs> uh, we saw a lone wolf by a riverside, which is just really special to see. And then we got we were walking around. Um, in, in where there's there's geysers because Yellowstone is actually sat on an ancient exploded crater, and so the heat from the the volcanic activity creates around 500 hot springs and geysers, and some of them squirt like a hundred uh, foot in the air. It's incredible. The um like old people might have heard of Old Faithful, um yeah. and the Grand Prismatic Spring. I mean they're brightly coloured places. So we walked around these. Um, geezers in the really heavy, heavy snow and there's all this steam coming everywhere. It's a strange, strange, I've never, it's otherworldly, I've never seen anything like it and we ended up being caught in a proper whiteout snowstorm and as the snow cleared we saw two coyotes sat on the path looking at us. It's just amazing. I mean, the temperatures, as I say, when they went down to minus ten degrees, so huge um,
0: different contrasts in heat oh, contrast. and and then and, and freezing yeah. cold temperatures yeah, as well. The
1: contrast is amazing. And then just to kind of round off, we went to National Monuments of Devil's Tower, which is this incredible structure in Wyoming, and then we went to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, which is all where the presidents' uh, heads are carved out of, this, yep. of the mountainside.
0: Does that look as spectacular as it does in photographs?
1: Well, you know, it does, but it's smaller than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I knew you would
0: say something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. But what's really nice is there's an avenue of flags that leads to it. So there's flags for every state and and details of when they all join the union. And the kids found that really interesting. And there was a ranger there who answered all of our questions until way past sunset when it had gone really dark and cold. And he was great and he made it really special. So that was lovely. And then we went to Crazy Horse, which is a memorial to a, a Native American Indian leader. And it's just this incredible vision to create the world's largest mountain carving. It's still a work in progress. It's going to take donkey's years to finish. Um, but it's about celebrating that culture and also creating a educational opportunities for uh, Native American Indian people. It's a very humbling experience going there yeah. um, and something that we'll remember forever. And then just to finish off, we came down through the farmland of Nebraska and it, until we got to the Rocky Mountains of Denver, Colorado to fly home.
0: Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, what, a, what an absolutely incredible trip. I'm very, very jealous, I have to say. That's definitely some bucket list stuff there.
1: Oh gosh, it really was, yes.
0: I've done a little bit of backpacking and a little bit of travelling in, in, in vans and stuff. I was very fortunate to do a, a trip um, across Canada when I was a youngster because I've got family that live in Canada and that was RVs with my parents. Yes. And then I've also done a trip in a van across Australia where I lived in a, lived in a van for just over a month with my partner. Tiny amazing. little van going down the, the east coast of Australia. As amazing as it was, there were moments where it was a bit tough. And you're on top of each other every day and and so on. So what was life like in the RV with the kids? And do you have any tips on kind of making that journey kind of not stressful and and one that can be enjoyable?
1: Do you know what? We just got on so well because there's just so much to see the The RV is just a real home from home and it's spacious there's two double beds there's one above the driver's cab and then yeah. there's one that's always set up in the back um, I mean it's got a gas hub a microwave toilet shower it's got a generator and a heater so even when we were in the wilderness we felt really safe and cozy and protected from the elements and the animals outside of the camper yes. as well. We did uh, get up sometimes and find animal prints around around the RV when we woke up. Oh amazing. Um, but yeah stuff. it was it was a really really lovely and I just love that idea that you can just stop anywhere and and use your facilities and you can have kind of the best view to have lunch ever. Um, and the windows on it are really big as well, so you can see everything along your journey.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that is the the brilliant part of doing a trip like that is is just being able to pull up, um, you know, by a beach, for instance, and that's it. You know, have have breakfast overlooking the sea, and uh, you know things that you would not normally be able to experience on on say a, a, a normal holiday where maybe you stay in in, in one place.
1: Yeah. And and not having to pack as well. That is so lovely. That yep. totally takes the stress out of it. it was, particularly when you've got kids, you've got everything you need on hand at all times. You never have to ask them to pack up or unpack. Well, you perhaps unpack when you first get into the van. But then that's it, then. You do, it's not like moving from hotel or motel where you're constantly living out of a bag. You're yep. all set up and it makes it really, really easy.
0: So you've mentioned loads of destinations, thousands of miles there in, in this journey, did it take a lot of planning the trip or, you know, how much of it was spontaneous and, or did you, had you planned a lot of the places you were going to visit? And secondly, for parents who are looking to take their kids away on a, a longer trip, whether that's in the UK or in Europe or, or America like yourselves, do you have any advice for kind of how to even start planning a trip such as that?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah i'm not going to lie it took a lot of planning um it's it wasn't um we did we did have spontaneous moments but most of it was really well planned out yeah um we had to spend a lot of time working out routes and distances navigating road closures and some of that we had to do kind of on the ground when we got there because there were some places that were closed that we just couldn't find that out before we got there. Uh, because it was changed the, the conditions were changing day to day. Yeah. And and you know, America's a massive land mass, so that would mean that suddenly we got an extra hundred miles on to add on to our journey because we couldn't get in at a certain entrance to a national park, we'd have to navigate around and actually go into a different um a different state even. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And also packing for all eventualities or weathers, making sure we've got everything that we needed. Um, but you know, it depends. So it's all about mindset, isn't it? Really? Yeah, this, so, I, I was
0: just about to say that it's, it's having you're you're planned enough that you're comfortable that you have a, a list of destinations that you want to tick off, but then it's also having the mindset of thinking slightly freely with it. If, something has to change or you have to kind of change route for whatever reason, then you're okay with, with that being something that has to happen.
1: Absolutely. And, and traveling with kids, you've got to be ready for, you know, you've got to be prepared that things won't always work to plan. Yeah. Even if you're just taking them for a day trip out, you know, things won't go to plan. And, and if you're kind of in that mindset that that's how it's going to be, it's a lot easier to deal with it. Yeah. Um so I, I yeah, I'd always say that with kids, just always um just go with the flow really. And just enjoy the the planning of it, make yeah. that part of the trip. Because really we were there for two weeks, but I, I felt, you know, we were almost there for six months, you know, because we were in our heads, we were there, we were looking at all the pictures, we were planning everything. Yeah. We were enjoying that process of getting ready for it. And then when we came back, we enjoyed it again, looking at the photos and all that kind of stuff. So it's just really making the most of it for for the whole family and getting everybody involved.
0: Yeah, 100%. And obviously the internet's your friend. It's 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 almost too easy to... to... Um, find destinations and places to visit and uh, something that I found useful when I've done longer trips is even just looking on social media th- platforms like Instagram you can search a location and, and it come up with a host of of pictures and, and amazing places to visit and I found, we found that a really useful tool when we were when we were traveling.
1: Yes yeah definitely and, and recommendations and reviews are really helpful.
0: So you've uh, you mentioned that you've You've gone out into the, the wilderness quite a lot there. You've, you've even done bits of wild camping. Did you have any concerns about taking uh, the children away on such a trip like, like that? And for any parents that are maybe thinking of doing something similar, how did you go about that, that thought process? And do you have any advice or tips?
1: As I say, we knew the weather was going to be extreme, but we, we actually took the kids to Finland and Norway to see the Northern Lights when they were eight and six years old. Incredible. And so we knew that that they would cope. Um, that involved packing them into the car with loads of blankets to go and see the Northern Lights across in Norway because that was the only place we were going to see them. So for us, it was for this trip. It was a priority to make sure we were properly prepared. So I just thought, whatever I can do to make it easier, I will. Yeah. So we boondocked all the time except for the night before we were going to go into the um, into the wilderness. and that's the only night I booked a campground because then I knew that we could fill up with water, we could charge up the electrics, we could dump our waste. And I knew then that the van the RV would be set up then ready for us. Yep. Um, we also went to a hardware store to stock up on propane and uh, buy some bear spray. <laughs> it's a it's it's a must actually for going into uh into Yellowstone I also just talked to the children about it and literally said to them if you are cold at night when we are in the wilderness you need to come and wake me up because I didn't want them to be getting frostbite or hypothermia I mean it's it is it's we were in extreme situations and we were completely unsupported we were just on a snowy roadside you know we weren't hadn't got anything around us but you know they were wrapped up we were all wrapped up in base layers and blankets to sleep so we were absolutely fine
0: I imagine they're very thankful now and will be thankful in later life for having those incredible experiences and and that sense of adventure on a a trip away you know kids are pretty tough aren't they you don't necessarily need to wrap them in in cotton wool when you um, when you go away on trips like that
1: yeah, no, just expose them to as much stuff as possible, I think, because what great life skills for when they go out into the big wide world by themselves.
0: Amazing, yeah. So were, were there any sketchy moments?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there was at one point we were driving over a snowy 8,000-foot elevation, so up a big mountain called yep. the Douglas Pass. I was navigating and my husband was driving, so I could see what was going you know, where we'd got to get to, he could see the um, fuel gauge and we couldn't see what the other one was looking at. So we had a bit of a heart in the mouth moment when he turned to me and he went, "Um, roughly how far is it to the next town? And we just we realised we were horribly low on fuel. Oh, wow. And (laughs) it's just not the place that you want that to happen because there's no phone signal and there's nowhere on the mountain that you can get fuel so we literally, we, we cruised into the gas station with about five miles worth left in the tank. Wow. And I have never been so glad to see a petrol station in my life. <laughs> that, is, that is
0: taking red line chicken to whole new heights there.
1: It really is. It really, it's so completely, unav- uh, you know, avoidable. But, you know, as you say, these things happen. And there was also the time that we woke up and we found bear prints around the outside of the RV.
0: Wow. Yep. The
1: night before, we'd heard and felt some movements on, like in the van, and I'd gone to sleep, going, "It's just the wind, it's just the wind." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as I say, we felt really safe inside the RV. They're really good, good vehicles.
0: So, what were the what, what were the highlights for the trip? What were the the things that really have, have stuck with you and with the kids? And you know, what, what what were your highlights from the trip?
1: Well, I haven't mentioned this because I've been saving the best bits of last, but we actually got to see a grizzly bear in the wild. Wow.
0: wow. It was the
1: most amazing thing. We could actually see steam rising from his thick brown furs. And, passed and they through are the huge as well, smoke. aren't they? He was massive. And apparently he was a cop and he was huge. Wow. I mean, it felt like we'd absolutely hit the jackpot. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and so lucky because... You know, your chance of seeing one is quite slim, but that's the that's the trade-off really for going in that time of year. We've seen pictures of Yellowstone since on social media yeah. and there's queues of cars driving through. Now the weather's nice and warm and it's yeah. easy to navigate. So although it was cold and it was, you know, a difficult place to be in the cold, the, the wildlife we saw was just out of this world and and yeah. we, we we explored it on our own, you know, there wasn't many people there at all.
0: Which makes for, personally, I think that makes for such a, a better and more natural experience and you're not fighting your way through through herds of, of, of other tourists. Um,
1: oh yeah, I mean it doesn't feel like it's quite so wild when you're in a traffic jam of cars.
0: That's it, yeah. Did you did you get up kind of really early to get out and see, see wildlife? That's something yes. we were, yeah.
1: All, all through the whole trip actually, that's yeah. the way that we really ate up the miles so we'd get up before sunrise. You get the best pictures at that time, yeah. you get to see the best wildlife and then that's the beauty of the RV, you can come back we'd make pancakes and coffee and then we'd be on the road for 8 o'clock in the morning and, it, and we'd already seen the sights that we wanted to see in that location
0: yeah, Some, yeah something that, that we've always done as well on our trips is de- you know, definitely get out of the house early early doors or get out of the van early doors You know early hours of the morning and you will um, hopefully be able to experience those things by yourselves and and, and not be so. So yeah, very, very worth getting getting up early to see those things. Oh yeah,
1: you are rewarded for it. Um one of my other favourite places was Devil's Tower. As I say, it's this great big column. Um of it's like molten rock that kind of surged up out of the ground mm-hmm. um million over millions of years. And um and it's a really sacred place to Native American people. It, it's this prayer bunt uh, Prayer bundles hung around the trees. There is something very special about it, and we went for a long walk uh, through the red mountains around that, or the red lands around that. And we actually saw um, five turkey vultures so, like sat together on a rock. And these are huge creatures. I mean, it was like something out of the Jungle Book. <laughs> and then we just watched them take off and and fly through the thermals, and that was amazing as well.
0: Oh, just everything just sounds so picturesque and and just just uh, you know out of this world
1: it was it really was but for me you know the, the other big highlight was just having that concentrated family time yeah you know there's no distractions from work from phones and and as I say just being able to stop off when we wanted to and we just learned so much and we got on so well and and everywhere, as you say, everywhere we looked was just spectacular. And we'll have those shared memories forever now.
0: So for any listeners that are considering a trip to the US and, and even a road trip through the US, where do they start? What, what advice or, or tips have you got for, for someone that's looking to take on um, a journey such as this?
1: Well, I think they're quite universal tips, really. So they're not just for the US. I've, you know, these tips are just good for anyone who's looking to travel with their children or just going on holiday with their children. Um, this is just from my experience, what I found has really worked. Yeah. So I would suggest, and this is so old school, but I would suggest buying an actual road map. Before okay. you go, <laughs> so I picked up a second-hand one from eBay for like three quid, and it covered the whole of the west of um, America, mm-hmm. and that was a real lifesaver because if you're going somewhere that is a bit remote, and I'm sure you know it could be the same in Scotland and places like that, that y- you haven't always got a phone signal, so you mm-hmm. can't always be sure that you're going to get Google Maps and have your directions on there. But more than that, and, and and you might not have like a sat-nav or something, um, what we actually did was we got out a highlighter pen. And as a family, we highlighted our route mm-hmm. and marked off potential spots that we wanted to stop off at along the way. So that helped us to identify landmarks. Um, but it also, it was great. So it, it, we could um, make sure that we were going in the right direction. I know yep. that sounds crazy, but when you set off... In, you could just get onto the correct road and go in the wrong direction. We have done that before and driven for miles. Yep. And if we'd have had an actual road map, we would have realized we were going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> but what was the nicest part was we could see mountains in the far distance, and so I was able to tell my husband and the kids, "Oh, gosh, that's that's actually the Rocky Mountains that we can see." Yep. Yep. You know, whereas if we hadn't had a map, we wouldn't have known that's what they were. So that I think that's really really good to have
0: It's kind of having that that confidence to and self belief that you can do it with a map. I know that sounds really really silly, but having the and having the, the understanding that if you go the wrong way or make a wrong turn it's not the end of the world you can you know you can do a UE and and, and correct the way that you've yes. gone. I think it's um, it can be a confidence thing with, with especially traveling abroad.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's nice. You can almost check off the little towns that you drive through. You say, oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, we're this, this far along on our route now. Yeah. And, and you're right. You can do a UE, but it's not very easy to do a UE in a 30-foot RV if you end up down a narrow lane. Handbrake <laughs> so turn,
0: you'll be all right. Not what you want to be <laughs> doing, really.
1: So you do have to be a bit careful of that. <laughs> um, I'd also say leave more time than you think you'll need. And that goes for doing anything with children. Yeah. I mean, they just don't necessarily move at the same pace as you. <laughs> and just getting four people or more in and out of places takes longer than it takes to do it just by yourself. Yeah. I'd also say try not to overpack.
0: Yeah, 100%. Well, that goes for any holiday or any trip. You do not need like an extensive wardrobe, even going for different climates and stuff. You know, if you pack sensibly, you don't need a, a, a mass of clothes to take with you.
1: No, you don't. It just fills up your space and it also limits, you know, you can sell it to the, the kids as it limits the number of souvenirs that you'll be able to bring back. There you go, win-win. <laughs> um, but obviously you do need to be prepared. Uh, so just make sure that you always have sufficient clothing for the environment that you're going into yeah, and sun Queen. And and you know that's and as I said that's the great thing about being in an RV that you don't have to pack and unpack you've got everything to hand at all times and that's totally my kind of travelling.
0: Yeah 100% and and also making use of the you know if you've got an RV with a, I mean we even you can even use kind of gas uh, you know portable gas cookers can't you if you don't have an inbuilt one in the RV but you can you know a trip to the supermarket stock up even Whack it in an ice bucket or if you've got a fridge in the RV and you're not having to kind of find restaurants everywhere where you go as well.
1: Yeah. And we we only ate out twice. Uh, We just, you know, we've stocked up, did a really big stock up. Yeah. And then we were ready to go, which is much, much cheaper. I was going to say it makes the trip much
0: more cost effective as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was a little freezer Uh, with the fridge so we stocked that up with ice cream as well I mean that would have saved us a fortune in itself just trying to buy kids ice cream everywhere you go I would say that for you know all kinds of trips with kids if you can buy the packs of ice cream that saves you a fortune one other thing we did uh, which I think is really lovely on any nice holiday that you're doing is to buy a travel journal for the kids okay They had one each and they filled it in along the way. And I even took a little stick glue so that we could, as we went to different places, we picked up, you know, the brochures and and, and tourist attraction guides and leaflets. And we were cutting them out and sticking them in so that they could keep a record of where they'd been and what they'd seen.
0: Yeah, amazing stuff.
1: Another thing I think is really useful is to see if you can buy a parks pass or some kind of attraction pass. Mm -hmm. So we saved an absolute fortune by buying a National Park Service annual pass on arrival. It cost us something like $80 for the four of us. But then we didn't have to pay entrance fee anywhere from that point on. So the rest of the trip, we didn't pay to go in anywhere or see anything. So that was a really good deal. And I know that you can do that on lots of places in the UK. And also you can look for discounts on um, getting into places as well. You know, like a lot of the Merlin attractions, you can get discounts by collecting Kellogg's packets and and uh, or you can get a, a deal when you... Uh, buy you train ticket, then you can book into an attraction, and you can save money. So I would always look for the ways that you can save money on on going to visit places.
0: So for any parents listening that are considering a longer trip or a road trip, but maybe think it's it's out of reach and not accessible, what what would you say or what advice would you have?
1: We know that this is the kind of thing that we love to do as a family, so all of our lifestyle is geared towards our time traveling in some way. So um, when it's Christmas time and people ask for ideas for Christmas presents for us and the kids, we say we'd love some money to go towards our travel fund. We say we've got, we have a travel fund that we just put in any money that we can do. So... We don't tend to ever go to McDonald's or have takeaway food. We don't buy takeout coffee. All of those little day-to-day savings, mm-hmm. all that money goes into the travel fund. We we can't afford um, a trip like this. And and then to do everything else on top of it, we know that there have to be sacrifices. Yeah. But for us, we just feel that it's 100% worth it. Like I will forgo my Costa coffee and my um, takeaway fast and fast food so that I can actually take the kids and do something amazing like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we're there, we're really careful with our money as well. So, um, you know, we don't eat out really. We get, we get plenty of food stocked up in the RV mm-hmm. so that we can do either barbecues or cook for ourselves, and, and that saves us a fortune. When you look back on your kids' childhood, they'll remember these kind of things, these kind of trips, more than they'll remember the odd, you know, trip to McDonald's on a Saturday or a, a takeaway on a Friday night.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's those and it's those raw kind of first hand experiences that you you that you nothing really can beat that.
1: And the other thing is we do we do a big um supermarket shop as well. So we don't we're not always stocking up on supermarket stuff. So yep. I think that saves us money as well, like a monthly shop. And then we make sure that works really in a cost effective way. And I'm always checking that we're paying the least we can for our bills, like our energy bills and phone bills. I'm always phoning yep. them up when it's renewal time and saying, can you get some money off? And literally the money that I save from doing that, I will stick it in the travel fund so that I can actually see that money building up.
0: That's it. Yeah. So it's having that part that you're contributing into, um, you know, over months or years and, it, and it's ready to go.
1: Yeah, and it's lovely for grandparents as well because then we can say, look, your money contributed to this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, look, what, look what we've done with the, with the gift that you kindly gave us.
0: Obviously, kids and, and love love presents and toys and stuff, but you cannot be kind of... Ex- I always think experiences are far more valuable than, than kind of possessions.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the last thing I'd say is that just except that things don't always go to plan. We have touched on that, but that's absolutely fine. That's part of the adventure. In fact, you know, us nearly running out of fuel, we look back and we laugh at it now, which we weren't at the time. (laughs) (laughs) But if you, you know, you just stay calm and happy, then your kids will too. They'll reflect however you're feeling. And these are just all great experiences that you can all take together into the future.
0: That's it. And I mean, if this hasn't sold... Going on a road trip with your kids? Then I don't think anything will, because it sounds absolutely incredible. Um, any any final final tips or final words, Zoe, or is it just a case of book the trip and uh, off you go?
1: Absolutely. My final bit would be just do it. Yep. Don't think about it too much. Just do it. Just do it, because you'll you won't regret it. You can read my three part travel series on the Brummie Mummy's Facebook page and on the Mirror website. And there's loads of pictures there too. And you can find out more about Cruise America and The Motorhome Experts by visiting the websites www.cruiseamerica.co.uk and www.themotorhomeexperts.com. This is a laudable production brought to you by Brummie Mummies and Birmingham Live. You can download or stream the podcast on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Be sure to follow our Brummy Mummy's Facebook page for lots more family information. And whilst there, sign up for our free newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time.